Hello everyone and welcome to Econoday Unplugged on Tuesday the 13th of February 2018. I'm Jeremy Hawkins here in London. There's no Anne Picker today but with me as ever on the other side of the pond is economics answer to Captain America, uh-huh. Mr Mark Bender. That's me. Now today might be Shrove Tuesday or Pancake Day as we call it over here but financial markets have clearly been nothing remotely like flat since the start of the month. Whereas about inflation and its potential implications for global interest rates have seriously spooked investors. So this week's prices update from both sides of the Atlantic will even be more important than usual. So with that in mind, Mark, let's start with you. What okay. should we be looking out for? And indeed, should we be worried? Uh, should be, we be worried about an immediate flashpoint outburst of surging inflation? I don't see it. Um, uh, but these things, once you know, if you're a Fed policy uh, maker, your concern is that that doesn't happen and that you don't have to chase something uh, that can, that might be getting away from you. But it doesn't appear like we're going to see anything much this week. Uh, it's a packed week. This is uh, Tuesday, February 13th. We have a huge set of U.S. Uh, inflation indicators packed up in the next three days. I'll just touch on a little bit of them and then we'll turn to you, Jeremy. But it starts tomorrow with the Consumer Price Index and uh, so so it gets off right at the you know right at the the most dramatic point, but really there's not much expectations for much at all. The um, core, the accommodate consensus for the core is only 0.2 percent, which isn't very much. What's happening here is we're seeing a bit of moderation in housing costs and moderation in medical costs, and between these two factors, that's half of the CPI. So, Mark, sorry, can I yeah. just quickly interrupt? Um, sure. In terms of inflation, okay, people have clearly been getting agitated about it. What's uh-huh. been the trend in the core CPI as opposed to the headline rate? Okay, well, let's uh, look at the year-on-year rate. The uh, day consensus for that is for a one-tenth dip, not a, an increase, but a dip to one point. Seven percent, and if we'll remember back to the FOMC statement uh, last month, what was so meaningful about that, or at least what caused such a fuss, was uh, that their estimates for uh, inflation, and really we're talking about core rates here. They use the core PCE, that's their own personal index, but it, it moves right in line with the uh, CPI. Um, and uh, they had in the past said, well, sooner or later this is going to come up to our two percent goal. Um, we're, you know, but now what they said in the last meeting was it's going to happen this year. They didn't actually say it was going to hit 2%. They said it was going to move to somewhere around 2%. So we should start seeing some upward pressure here. But like I said, it's going in the wrong way. The uh, consensus is for a 1.7 reading, which would be a 1.10% uh, decline. And um, if you look at the month-to-month rates along with the year-on-year uh, uh, year rates, the trends really are very, very flat. Uh, um, they're a little bit better uh, than they were uh, at mid-last year because when the March to June period was a very soft period, one of the softest periods in the history of the CPI, and that reflected wireless services, that reflected drugs. But those effects have faded since, and what we're not seeing is any impact from the um, lower dollar, even though the dollar has been uh, improving a little bit with all the financial upheaval going on. But uh, we really haven't seen any import price in Inflation, import prices for finished goods are very, very flat. So um, 
you know, I have a question. You know, what we're really not seeing, you know, what we had the other week with the employment report was the inflation reading, the average hourly earnings, and that jumped up to a 2.9% uh, annual rate, which uh, was the most of the expansion. But if you look at inflation adjusted, it's really flat. In fact, um, those, uh, in fact, for the full year, uh, that inflation reading was one of the uh, it declined back to back in 2016 and 2017 small declines but these are the first declines and since the early 90s coming out of that recession so i'm not sure where the inflation uh isn't really here wage inflation it really isn't here but i have a question for you jeremy um what's interesting about the uk is that you have your you're not in a deflationary economy you're in uh, your your cpi i was just looking was it today did it come did it hit the three percent overall rate it did um i must say i says we're on a bit of a limb as far as the uk is concerned with most of europe because i mean if we look at the other major central banks over here i mean obviously the, the european central bank and the swiss national bank both of those would love to see some more inflation in the system and uh, clearly they've been working their darndest to try and achieve exactly that over the course of the last several years uk though as you said we had uh, the january cpi out earlier on today tuesday um, that came in pretty well in line with expectations, showing the year-on-year uh, -year rate steady at 3%. Um, now, that's still above, what, one percentage point above target. And indeed, the core rate went up from 25 to 2.7%. So that's also above target as well. And that's become more important um, because of last Thursday's Bank of England MPC meeting. Now, mm -hmm. as folks probably noticed, there was no change in interest rates and no particular change in forward guidance there. Mm -hmm. How However, the tone was much more hawkish and essentially uh, the Bank of England governors come out and said that um, although they still see any future interest rates here being mm. quite small and indeed you know, not happening overnight, nonetheless, they, want to, they now expect to see interest rates going up more quickly than expected at the last meeting in December. Uh -huh. And indeed, they're expecting a slightly higher level of interest rates once we finally get to the peak. But, so but what, is, what is it about the UK economy that's different than everyone else it's the fact that we've got a much weaker pound um i think to be fair to the way the uk is performing prior to the brexit vote uh uk economic growth was consistently stronger and in some ways significantly stronger than we were seeing on continental europe so uh -huh. there was potentially some inflation in the system nonetheless inflation like most of the rest of europe was little above zero if that so, course, is it brex so, so is it brexit that caused this uh, break higher well, basically, yes. Um, we saw um, the pound come down you know, hugely once we had the Brexit vote um, getting on for a couple of years ago now. Um, and that led to a sharp increase in imported inflation. And that duly you know, fed through into the CPI rate. And that's been you know, around about two and a half to three percent for the last year or so now. And your economy is like the U.S. It uh, has high imports. You, you rely on imports for goods. We do. I mean, the UK is a much more open economy than the likes of the US. And we look at sort of imports as a share of our GDP or probably knocking on the door of what, 25 percent or so. So that does mean when we get a movement in the pound, it uh -huh. has you know, fairly significant implications for what's going to happen to UK inflation. And what does that mean for Europe? Are, are they going to have the same if the euro starts to depreciate, let's say, would they have the same inflationary effect? 
Well, it's a good question, and it really is one of the big issues. We got all these investors getting agitated about inflation, but as we as we said, you know, not so long ago, we need to remember. But for much of Europe, they want some inflation because they haven't got any. And cool. the real concern at the moment for the likes of the ECB, and indeed one of their senior council members was was talking about this just yesterday, uh-huh. is that were we to see the dollar decline significantly, let's say over the rest of this year for whatever reason, and the counterpart to that is we see a much stronger euro, then that is very much going to depress eurozone inflation just at the time when the ECB is finally starting to contemplate the idea that your core rate starting to move up towards 2%. Uh-huh. So the exchange rate, I think, not just for, well, particularly for Europe, but especially for the likes of the UK, is going to be a very important factor when it comes to setting monetary policy over coming months. So that's kind of interesting. So Brexit caused a competitive devaluation or ended up that way for the UK on a political level. Very, very much so. Um, and again, that's another interesting factor itself. When we look at, you know, I think there's certainly some, let's say, un- um, discomfort, let's say, as far as the ECB was concerned, when we had some of those comments coming out of US Treasury Secretary, was it a couple of weeks or so ago now, uh-huh. intimating that, you know, a weaker dollar would be good for US mm-hmm. trade, which mm-hmm. really is just stating the obvious. But of course, mm-hmm. and central bankers and the likes of that sort of thing aren't supposed to say that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But tell me, Mark, you said from your side, I mean, uh-huh. you were going through, Senator, to all intents and purposes, if you were a Martian looking down at the US now, and <laughs> yeah. you looked at inflation, you think, well, big deal, what's all the fuss about? Why are these uh-huh. markets like they are? Yeah. Do you think Do you think Jerome Powell now sitting in the hot seat, uh-huh. is he going to be more, well, what should we say, preemptive, or is he going to be more reactionary or no change from uh, Janet Yellen? Well, that's very interesting. We'll have to find out. You know, he's not an economist. So he's a lawyer. And will he have political patronage to the administration? Uh, you know, this is the first time in what, since, uh, was it before Volcker, that uh, a president uh, has uh, uh, appointed someone from his own party. It, historically, it's been a, a, a you know, a, a neutral um area that has given respect to the independence of the central bank. But the Federal Reserve's mandates are very, very clear. And it's uh, one is employment, and we're at full employment. Or you can quibble. You can say we're very near full employment. Or you can say we don't know what full employment is. But they defined it way back. And we uh, re- reached full employment uh, you know, uh, a year or so ago. So we're in this zone. That The next mandate is um, inflation. And they want to keep that up a little bit to give them some policy uh, room. And also, uh, inflation uh, tends to uh, help demand. Uh, People want to invest. People want to buy things now before they become more expensive. A little of that is good. And um, But uh, the Federal Reserve, in its traditional uh, Paul Volcker type of, uh, you know, uh, is supposed to be fighting inflation. It's supposed to be really tough against it. And um, so we'll have to see how this unfolds. Now, of course, what the market is doing or has done is basically price in a fourth rate hike this year. Uh, they had penciled in three, the Fed. And uh, with, every, with uh, that average hourly earnings and the new Fed statement, and the fact that we are at these capacity constraints, I mean, we're going to get industrial production on Thursday. And again, but we're not, uh, the Econoday consensus is only for a 0.2% rise, uh, both at the headline and the manufacturing level. That's not going to uh, uh, stress capacity very much. That's not going to uh, create uh, uh, price increases. Um, it's hard to really find um, 
unless you're talking just strictly about available labor and the absence of a skilled available labor and having to bid this up, you have to really look hard to find any kind of a warning sign that you, uh, we're going to get it. But it, of course, in theory, you know, and these laws, these economic laws, it's like the law of gravity or something. Law of gravity is always there. The economic laws seem to be suspended a little bit, but then they ended up uh, coming true. Uh, you know, so uh, I think that's what they have to um, worry about. And also, um, you know, he has his, uh, the FOMC board and you have, uh, uh, you know, traditional uh, input in there and they're going to be inflation fighters so he can't get too far out of line with where the uh, uh, where, where the Fed itself wants to go it'll be an interesting what we're getting is cross purposes and I, I haven't seen this really where you're getting us now we're getting new uh, um, uh, spending uh, uh, under the Trump administration proposed uh, big, big, big spending, big, big running, big deficits this is super Keynesianism and uh, and we're going to see if that, you know, uh, uh, bursts out of this deflationary kind of an uh, economy from 100 years ago is kind of what we've been having. But uh, the Fed has to be, you know, it has the traditional uh, role, and that's to uh, to make sure everything is smooth and that inflation doesn't get out of hand. So we're not running all on the same page here. Uh, macroeconomic policy is uh, is like a tractor pull. One's going one way and the other's going the other way, and we'll see uh, how it uh, plays out. Is there any of this conflict? Do you see any in, in the Europe or in the UK? Well, I guess it's not quite the same yet to the extent that, you know, the, the policy cycles over here, uh, well, certainly as far as continental Europe's concerned, is, is so well behind where we stand as, as far as the FOMC is concerned. Nonetheless, one aspect which could prove very interesting is, you know, the, the, you know, the latest of political developments in Germany. We know that uh, Angela Merkel and co uh, seem to be getting towards this form, this grand coalition now with the, the Social Democrats in Germany. But in order to do that, she's had to give quite a lot of ground and um, take at face value, it seems from what way that some of these senior positions are being allocated in what will be the new cabinet, it could well end up with a significantly more fiscally positive or stimulative um, policy out of Germany than we've seen for some considerable while. And of course, if we do start to see fiscal loosening in Germany, that's going to potentially pave the way for other Eurozone member countries to, to go down exactly the same route. And were that to be the case, then that could perhaps be, you know, give the sort of boost that inflation in the Eurozone really needs if it's going to get near its 2% target. And once we get there, of course, the ECB will finally start beginning to tighten. Okay, well, this is all very interesting. Who would be a policymaker? Um, <laughs> I guess we'd better round it off there before we prattle on for too long. Uh, so on behalf of Mark and myself, thanks very much for listening. Make the most of those pancakes because if inflation really is on the up, who knows what they'll cost next year. Bye for now. <laughs>